Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. We got a great episode today. This is the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records. Punk Goes series. We're talking about Say Anything and their hit song. to stream the actual visuals of us recording these episodes at some point because I tend to just sit very still what, 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 and you just wave all of your limbs around. Oh, I'm a gesticulator. No, it's, it's good. What, what did you think of that? was like my, if I was a early 2000s uh, VH1 MTV uh, like music video show host. You mean a VJ? A VJ, yeah. That was my that was my VJ audition for twenty years ago. I mean, you could have gotten it in before the deadline, but um, aside oh. from that, oh, what? <laughs> it's Friday night. We are officially fifty four minutes Melbourne out of lockdown. Oh yeah, congrats, and, Melbourne! And you're just sassing. Yeah, um, I don't know myself anymore. Say, friend, have you got any more of that good sarsaparilla? <laughs> so, just to reiterate what VJ Sammy was saying before, uh, this week we are looking at the song Woe by Say Anything for Punk Goes Acoustic 2. Um, so, this is a classic case of band does acoustic cover of one of their own songs, but one that is actually good. Yeah. As we will discover. I think my VJ name would be like Happy Paddocks or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Slam Panther. Slam Panther. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. That's not that's not a new name, but uh you know, we've we've thought about that in the past, but yeah, what would your VJ name be? Or or, or is it too Friday night for you to think of something like that? Yeah, my VJ name would be Emma. <laughs> <laughs> well, we that would be that would be the dynamic of the show. It's like It'd be it, exactly the same as this. Well, like, but like on on fucking did they they hosted Big Brother or um, not Big Brother Australian Idol Andrew G mm. and then there was like it was like James Mathers or whatever. Yeah, I would be the um, just the subdued one who sort of brings the energy back to yeah, just chill levels. It's like any it's like any talent show that has a rapper on the show. It's like CeeLo Green. And Christina Aguilera. So to be yeah. like, it'd be like Slam Panther and Emma. Yeah. <laughs> it's also been one of those weeks where I've done a lot of talking. And so I'm acutely aware of and thus sick of my voice. And also I've just like fully deep fried my vocals this week. I was on a Teams call with a colleague yesterday and just 
mortified at how I must have sounded down the line to her. So apologies if you're listening. Well, I could never get sick of listening to your voice. So. No. Um, I got my hair cut. I got up at 6am to get my hair cut today because the barber I go to gets up at, like, opens his shop at stupid hours. Um, well, apparently not stupid because you went. I went and there was already someone sitting in the chair and there was another person waiting. So, <laughs> and before, before eight o'clock, he probably had like six people walk in and put their name on the board. I kind of love the energy of that because... Obviously, barbers are, are an entirely different beast to hairdressing. Like, it's the exact same thing. But, like, the idea of, like, a stylist versus I'm just going to cut your hair and then you're going to fuck off. Yeah. Like, that sounds very relaxing going in before most of the city has woken up and just having your hair situation sorted by 9am. I like I like the feeling of having my hair cut. I'm like... You know, as Louis Theroux said, I like to be fussed over. (laughs) (laughs) So for, you know, 30 minutes. And I always get the same haircut. So maybe I need to, I don't know, listener, tell me what I should get, what hairstyle I should get. Well, I think you need a mohawk, (sighs) surely. I probably do need to do a mohawk at some point in my life. Yeah. Just at least once. But, like, I should do it the other way around, so it's going, like... So it's, like, it's like a mohawk, but it's the Homer Simpson. Why? Dude, you've you've been with me for ten years now. Do you honestly think I have that... That level of, like, I I don't care about myself or confidence to be able to pull that off? I don't. (laughs) I really don't. I don't have that level of confidence. So that's, you know, woeful to me. So, what can you tell us about Say Anything? Oh, look, I'm, I I took uh, a chance to sort of be a bit lazy with this week because I had, ta- I had written up the Eminem Rihanna run sheet mm-hmm. and then immediately got started into this one. <laughs> and so there was a lot of information. Like, I had to look into the Rap Olympics, the 97 Rap Olympics, but obviously not enough because I didn't figure out who had even won that thing. So... I looked into this and went, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass on this one. I'm just applying this same logic to a workplace. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I like, I wrote up this first report and then I got straight on to the next one, as is the case with being an office yeah. worker. But, but like, I, I, just, just, I wasn't feeling it, bro. I, I just, just decided, you know, it'd been a bit, it'd been enough. Yeah. I was a bit tired. So I just went and had a nap. It was either that or I went home. Which would you prefer? <laughs> Which, tell me, which would you prefer? <laughs> I know which one I would have preferred, preferred. So, Say Anything, formed in 2000 from Los Angeles. Uh, the Wikipedia article states that the band was formed by Max Bemis and his friends in 2000 as Say Anything, all one word. Or two words formed as one. Yep. Uh, the second longest running member of the band, after Max Bemis, of course, is Parker Case, formerly of Jamison Parker. Which we have discussed previously. We have discussed, and I believe we liked their song. We did. They did. Everybody wants to rule the world. Uh, so, <laughs> I... Since the year 209. Since the year 209. Uh, they've been around for a while. This is one of them folk songs from, like, legend. So, since 2009... No, 2019, the band has been retired. Yep, that's correct. And now, or probably not so much now, but Max Bemis... 
Uh, One of his most recent, recent, recent musical projects is... Two Tongues, an indie music project with Chris Conley of Saves the Day. And I've just put in bold yikes. Yeah, if you'd told me that information at the start of the year and it was new to me, I would have been stoked. But the events of recent months (laughs) have me quite not stoked about Chris Conley in general. Yeah, like we don't need to go into it. No, um, so we if, won't. If, if you want to know what happened, look into uh, the allegations against him because it's pretty horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song, the original song, Woe, came from their 2004 album, Is A Real Boy. So it's dot, 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 Is A Real Boy. Their second full-length album that was released in 2004. Yep. Um, so... I'm just going to jump into a quick background again to like, I didn't realize the, well, not law, but like just the story behind this album, which is going to be interesting to talk about in terms of unpacking the song. So the album was originally intended as a rock opera. Which I just think is fucking sick. It kind of really makes sense. It as well. does. Yeah. So, and we'll touch on that later, but like, yeah, according to the album's physical booklet, which I don't own the album physically, unfortunately, to quote, the songs on this recorded album were originally written as part of a rock opera with a full narrative, spoken word interludes, and a cast of characters. The plot revolved around a moderately successful indie punk rock band called Say Anything, fronted by 21-year-old Max Bemis, an idealistic, introverted singer-songwriter crippled by depression and anxiety, and alienated by what he sees as a vast hypocrisy inherent in society. One night, a supernatural power curses Max with a mysterious affliction. The curse causes his innermost fears, fantasies, and thoughts to burst forth from his mouth at any given time in the form of fully arranged rock anthems. Max simply cannot control it. Anytime he feels a strong emotion, everything around him becomes a bizarre musical. Though Max's new powers at first seem only to frighten people, they soon cause the opposite effect as say anything becomes an accidental phenomenon. The blatant honesty of the lyrics, as well as the freak show appeal of a man physically unable to censor himself, strike a powerful chord amongst the underground culture that once dismissed Max's music as unsubstantial. Now, worshipped by rock and roll America as a Christ-like figure, Bemis sets out to use his powers to vanquish all hypocrisy. <clears throat> the proposed rock opera planned to chronicle Bemis's rise to power, as well as his undoing by the fundamental flaw in the logic of every self-involved impassioned rock singer. Whether capitalist America is the enemy or not, there is greed, duplicity, and hatred in every human being, especially in the greatest hypocrites of all, the entertainers among us, whose need for attention fosters a sick dream that they alone hold the key to mankind's salvation. In the end, Max is left to fight the man with the corniest song he's ever written and the knowledge that accepting love and salvation lies within admitting he is nothing more or less than a human being. Thank you. Um, so I will just say off the bat, I'm sorry that I've kind of failed you, Max, in, uh, in putting out some information about you on this, <laughs> on this episode. We do circle back around, hey, if you ever listen to this, come on to the podcast and you can hap- and we'll happily let you talk about your projects. I would like to put out my feelers to see if he would talk to us because he's just a deeply fascinating person. Yeah. 
And, like, fucking everyone's fascinating if you take the time to pay attention to them. But, like, for me especially, like, I've always had a soft spot for him and his music because it deals so bluntly with mental health, mental illness, that kind of thing. Um, And it's just, like, we're definitely going off book here, but, like, I've always appreciated that he's been quite upfront with how fucked he can be. Mm. Like, just in the, like... In terms of his mental health, like, he doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. Like, he very much lets the listener in on who he is and how he's going, and it's... And I know that that's pretty common for the kind of music that I grew up listening to, but it feels that little bit more genuine, because he's not trying to couch anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just, it's a fucking, it's a cool song, it's a cool album. Well, let's talk about the album for a sec, because I didn't, you know, visually and, you know, type out, you know, information about the band, but I did actually listen to the full album, Mm -hmm. uh, Is A Real Boy, and yeah, it's, it's a super interesting, listen, like, it's a really cool album. Yeah. Um, he has a really off kilter sense of humor yeah. or like this st- or like the stuff that is said is really, and it's like, it, it's funny, but it's also, it's the sort of thing that like, it kind of makes sense when you say it's, it's, you know, say anything. It's the unfiltered words from someone who can't put a filter on their words. And that's how it's, that's how it feels like yeah. very much. So this just really, you know, out of whack kind of humor. And like, it, it does make sense that, uh, he and Chris Conley, you know, started a music project because again, like some of the saves the day lyrics are fucking funny as shit. Like (laughs) some of that stuff is really funny. And you could tell Chris Conley, you know, like allegations aside was a funny dude or is a funny dude. Yeah. And like a, a bit bizarre as well. I think that's, yeah, that's the thing that I, have always appreciated about Say Anything. And I said off mic before we started, like, they're the kind of band where I never got fully invested in them and in Max, like, as a kid, not at all. But then, um, friend of the pod, Cassie, like, she was super into them when we first met and when we were living together in particular, like, me with you, funnily enough. Um... Yeah, yeah. You moved you moved in with us. I did. Cassie and I. Uh me and Cassie or Cassie and I, I should say, went to see Say Anything, I think, twice together. Um and yeah, it wasn't until later I sort of developed that real sort of respect for the band and what they particularly Max do. Mm. Um but yeah, I've never really taken the time to like fully connect with the work beyond like when I'm listening to it, I'm a hundred percent invested, but then I don't think too hard about it outside of that listening experience. Whereas like preparing for this episode, like I very much want to immerse myself and say anything a bit more just to give it that chance that it never got when I was younger. Does yeah. that make sense? I like listening to this. I'll, I'll also say like, after living with her for two years, I'm shocked that I never heard this on her speakers. <laughs> um, but 
I can see how someone who's maybe getting into pop punk could listen to them and go, okay, well, I'll delve a bit deeper into pop punk, but then someone else who's listening, who's, you know, getting into like indie rock and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, they're one of those bands that I could see being a good gateway into a lot of different genres. Yeah. Yep. As well. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't just conform to any one style. Yeah. And, and everything it, it, they do is pulled off with great effortlessness. As yeah, well. definitely. Um, you can find my, the score that I gave this album on my Rachel music page at inverted underscore Sam. Well, shit. Like, you need to stop pushing your content onto me. I live with you. Well, you know, you and the person who's listening to this episode. Um, so yes, that's my, that's my crap review of this great album. This is like, I feel wildly unprepared. Yeah. And that's on me because I just didn't properly prepare. <laughs> well, if you're willing to take the blame, I'm, I, I'll, I, no, I, you, I, no, no, don't, don't look at me for not preparing the run sheet <laughs> properly. I don't, this is one where, because yeah, we do get to revisit, say anything in future. Maybe yeah. we can flesh it out a bit more then. Oh yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I would very much like to take an opportunity because yeah, those of you who are in the know know that we will be covering Say Anything's cover of Got Your Money for Punk Goes Crunk. So there's already like an inherent sort of tension there yeah. in terms of like, ah, oh, this is going to be an interesting experience to say the least. But it'd be good to supplement that with a bit more of a deep dive into Max Beamer's slash Say Anything. Because yeah. like I said, like I've never really given myself the opportunity to immerse myself in them and it's cool it's sick i like it it's one of those things as well like there's there's only so many hours in the day yeah to dedicate and like i don't know if i necessarily i think i probably would come across them a bit too late yeah like for me definitely at this point i was i i couldn't allow myself to listen to stuff like this Mm. um because i was a fuckhead teenager weren't we all you know like I'm sure you were fine. I was terrible. <laughs> but yeah, um, needless to say, this album was received very well. Um, like 99% rating on absolutepunk.net. Ooh. <laughs> four and a half on all music. Uh, punknews.org in 2004 gave it a four and a half. Uh, it then got re-released with what was originally, I think, an EP called Was A Real Boy. Okay. Um. And so that's why the album's so fucking long. Like, the last few songs after Admit It are from, like, a sort of side thingy. Um, And for some reason it went down a star two years later for Punk News, but that's fine. I'll be completely honest. I did listen to the full... I was listening to the that, uh, yeah, the the album and the EP, but I stopped it after Admit It. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because I wanted to get the... the not the proper experience, but the experience that I would have gotten if I was listening to this in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amongst the excellent reviews, so Jason Tate for Absolute Punk said, well, to quote, by the second song, which is Woe, funnily enough, mm-hmm. it is perceptible that the band has a grasp on crafting songs that do not follow a formula or insult the listener by maintaining a hold on one particular style or sound. 
That's basically what I said. Exactly. But smarter. Um, All Music's Corey Apar says, Is a Real Boy comes off as an impressively well done multifaceted effort that deserves multiple spins and makes Say Anything truly a band to watch. And so, like, I reckon this is especially pertinent thinking about the fact that... Oh, that's cute. Sorry, just glancing. BuzzFeed included the album at number 19 on their 36 pop-punk albums you need to hear before you fucking die list. (laughs) I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, the single, uh, Alive with the Glory of Love, has appeared on Vulture's Best of Emo Songs list, which I would definitely agree with that. Yep. Um, Oh, yeah. So, like... When you consider the fact that this was supposed to be a musical, it sort of clicks into place for me, just the shifting gears even within songs. Yeah. And, like, that's pretty classic, say, anything from what I know of their stuff. Like, I've listened to them fairly broadly, but, like, I never sort of delved into, like, B-sides and, Mm. like, rare releases, that kind of thing. But, like, it sort of... Yeah... It's going to be interesting re-listening to Is A Real Boy knowing that it was intended as a musical because I feel like that just makes it make so much more sense to me. Yeah. Like, and especially, like, considering, like, the closer song, admit it, like, me and Cassie in particular, like, we used to just love that song because it's very, like, genuinely very funny. Mm. But when you consider that as a closer song, it's quite a powerful end statement to the album. And I guess you could just treat it as, like... I don't know, like your Amer- American American idiot-esque like rock opera, but yeah, because it wasn't like fully classified as such. I've never fully made that connection until now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that they didn't maybe take off a bit more so that this could become uh, like an actual play or like a, a, yeah. an op- a musical or whatever. It'd be... Um, Interesting to know if anyone's ever tried to sort of get it over the line in that sense. Because I know, like, yeah, I know there's a lot of, like, oh God, I think it was, well, even Blink-182, like, I think there was a pair of friends or something out in the wilderness, not literally, but just out in the world. <laughs> we just hang out in the woods. Um, And they wanted to write a Blink musical, I think they'd, like, come up with a little bit of, like... But I feel like there's got to be, like, a Max super fan out there who has, like, tried to make this work. I'm curious about... more curious about the Blink one. Mm. Like, was it an actual, let's tell the story of Mark and Tom? I don't think so. I think it was a bit like the American Idiot musical where that sort of built a narrative around the songs that is sort of there in the album, but it very much extends upon that and builds a world around it, I guess. I will say that I was, I was a little bit pessimistic before listening to this because of the, like the album cover is, it's, looks like it's supposed to be like the Pinocchio's nose. It is, yeah. So it's Pinocchio's nose. And I don't know why, for some reason it was like, it kind of makes me think of just like wood paneling, wood crafting, craft stuff. And it was like, are they going to be like the Ataris? No. And and I've said it before that the Ataris are just a band that I will just never gel with. Mm. And yeah, I was very pleasantly, very happily surprised, and uh, you know, happy to. 
I'd give it a listen again. Yeah. It's a bit of a long album, but I'd give it a listen again. I am definitely going to give it another listen, in particular when I drive home tomorrow. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be about half your drive. Exactly. So... I'll just play it twice and everything will be <laughs> Gucci, as they say. What, what else do you... What else are you planning on playing? Uh, is, is Bo going to get a rotation? I was a rotation? about to say probably Bo Burnham. <laughs> ha, ha, is, is Hamilton going to get a... No, because that... That's I, the way home. No, I gave that one a spin last time. It was pretty good. That took up a good chunk of my drive. <laughs> anyway... Um, before we talk about Woe specifically, what's your favourite track off Is A Real Boy? Um, I'd need to go back. Hang on one second. I did really like Woe, but that's a bit of a cop-out. I, I, I do like the the red cat, yellow cat. Yeah, yeah, yellow cat slash red cat. Yellow cat slash red cat is very cute and very funny. Mm. Um, I... Is the... Is, is it Belt, the one that has the, whoa, whoa? No, that's Admit It, the closer track. Oh, yeah, no, that Admit It is really good. I really love that. Probably, it probably would be Admit It. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, oh, no, what's, there's also the other one that's like the chorus is something like Pollinate Me. Yeah, that's um the Writhing South. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked that. Like, there's a lot that I really liked about this album. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I guess, you know, the song, this song is great mm. as part of a really good album. It's a really good song. Like it has this sort of weird, not weird, but it has this sort of like almost like big band kind of feel to it in the yeah. beginning. Like just with that sort of like really kind of jaunty bass and like his, his lyrics are very much, and I'll say straight up, probably my, my, one of my favorite lyrics I've ever heard in my life was, <laughs> she said, I can't get laid in this town without those pointy fucking shoes. <laughs> my feet are black and blue and so are you. It's, it, it has this definite quality of he's telling us a story, but like we're having a regular conversation, but he's just decided to sing it for some reason. Yeah. He's decided to sing this conversation that, or this story that he's telling me, cause it just has this sort of, tangential way that it goes between beats yeah yeah. and and then it just yeah like it comes in and i don't know it's it's just it's a fantastic song yeah what 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 about you what about me what what do you think about it um well you didn't ask me my favorite song oh what's your what's your favorite song on this album it would have to be alive with the glory of love which is just such a neat song because he essentially wrote it about his grandparents who both survived the holocaust oh wow um and it's like it's again it's a perfect example of the sort of like funny but also kind of fucked way Mm. that he'll sort of write about things like he's basically talking about like we're both in war camps but man i just really want to like bone you because you look fucking sexy like it's just but it's also oddly touching like it's sort of this even though everything is just absolutely desolate like all i want is you like it's really like it's one of those songs that does quite like it does get you emotionally like by the end of it because it's just so heartfelt even though it's cooked at the same time um 
but yeah, similar to what you were saying before, like, whoa. I was trying to figure out, like, what it means exactly. Um, Good luck. But, it again, it's one of those things where, like, Max, the way he writes is so verbose. And so, like, yeah, it literally just fits the theme of, like, that, like, word vomit. Like, he's just having thoughts and just spewing them out. But the way he, like, his lyricism is just deeply fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, even just things like the the first verse, like, just the alliteration he uses, like, banded together to form a makeshift militia and burrowed bloodily through my tongue and my teeth. Like, it's just... Yeah. Da, 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 like, it's very clever. And then... Like, just the level of self-deprecation that he manages to get in. Like, I can relate very hard to that. Like, it's hard to switch off that sort of, like, compulsion to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Even though that sort of denigrates you in someone else's eyes, if that makes sense. Like, even though he's playing a character in this musical, like, he's playing the character Max, who is based on himself. Yeah. And so... Like in the second verse when he says, And this girl who I met whose pride makes her hard to forget, she took pity on me horizontally, but most likely because of my band. Like, and just his music is just full of these very, like, sarcastic, very inward-facing observations about himself. And, like, so much of it is very contradictory. Like, admit it, he's basically like... Ugh, fuck all you guys, like, you're all such posers, blah, blah, but, like, he's a musician. Yeah. So, sort of grap... Like, he reminds me a lot of Holden Caulfield in the just how many contradictions he contains in himself. It It's definitely, like, it to me it feels like when someone says something to you and you've got nothing to... Like, you got no remark, you got no comeback to that snide comment that someone has said to you until you are at home sitting on the couch. L'esprit de Scullier. And it just feels like, it just feels like that, like in that, yeah, it feels like someone has said something to him, he's gone away, stewed about it, yeah. and then the perfect thing has come, come forth and it's say anything. And I, yeah, I think, like, even though I said earlier, I don't have a very intimate relationship with this band. I'm always, like, on board as soon as I start listening to them because I can fully relate to that. Just endlessly ruminating. Like, endlessly just mulling over your thoughts. And, like, obsessing over things and just taking things to the worst possible outcome and being ridiculous, even though you know it's ridiculous. And, like, it's just... It's a very specific mindset that, like, if you know, you know kind Mm. of thing. And so... Like, it's, it makes me sad to read that, like, when he was recording this album, like, he was kind of losing his mind at the same time. Like, Mm. he has bipolar disorder, um, and I think, like, apparently when they were recording this, like, he, for some reason, was under the delusion that, like, someone was filming a documentary or, like, a mockumentary about him. Like, that level of dissociation from reality I can't understand but that self-awareness of like oh wow like things are a bit fucked yeah like I can fully appreciate and empathize with that and relate to it and 
it's it's empowering to get that like within a sea of bands and like don't get me wrong like say anything also has its moments that are a bit sus but like within a sea of bands where it was just so like oh you broke my heart like to Mm -hmm. have this very like inward facing like just as angry at yourself sort of complex narrative around your songs is refreshing yeah and like more relatable even though the lyrics are so bonkers half the time i do want to go back to the pointy shoes yes remark it makes me reminds me of my nana went somewhere i don't know exactly where i'm thinking of like the asian countries that she went to she went to she went to india she went to japan and she went to china oh wow and she brought back a pair of like Decorative shoes, the old decorative slippers. Yeah, like you yeah. weren't supposed to wear them, but they had the the points. Oh yeah, yeah, on the end. And so, like, just for years and years and years in our house, we had this pair of shoes <laughs> sitting up on on just like a shelf somewhere in the living room. Yeah, and it was just like sometimes you look at it and go, yeah, "It's a bit strange." That pointy shoes just makes me think of mid 2000s when like sling back flat heels with like the pointed toe came back into fashion for like six months and of course i had a pair or two of them yeah it's just like these are the ones that had like a bit of a curl on. yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. no i'm talking about something completely different something different yeah Um, because i want to know i want to know how pointy these girls shoes are and why they're why that's the only thing that causes men to want to have sex with her (laughs) I have no idea. It's it's a cliched question to ask when you interview someone, but it would be interesting to know, how do you come up with your lyrics? It honestly feels like stream of consciousness. Like, yeah. for someone who, as far as I can see, like, lives or at least lived in their head a significant portion of the time, it just... I can't picture anything other than they just sort of... The lyrics just arrive fully formed on a page. Like, it's just... It's crazy. Like, I really appreciate that because, like, by contrast, like, I was sitting at work today, and by work I mean in my study, trying to come up with, like, two sentences of a copy and it's just like, I have no idea what to write. <laughs> like, I I have done this exercise before when writing creatively where I won't I tend not to do it on the computer, I do it on a notepad. And a time, like I set the timer for 10 minutes and I just write. Yeah, I don't stop. Yeah. I just write for like 10 minutes without, yeah, taking breaks. Whatever comes to my mind, it will get written on the page. Mm. And it, it is. It's nonsense. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Max's lyrics are nonsense, but like it does, that is like the stream of conscience sort of coming out yeah. onto a page. And yeah, at times it does sort of feel like I'm going to put out exactly what is in my brain. And I'm not going to stop yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah. As as basic as I can put it. Yeah. So, you know, and sometimes that works for me to like tap into my creativity. So, hey, if you're needing that for work, <laughs> it's a little tip for you.
of the acoustic version I like it like I again it it stands to reason that they would treat the acoustic cover with as much detail as they do the original yes, yes. like how you were saying it sounds like a big band track like the original iteration I love like the opening of the acoustic version it just sort of sounds like a weird like jaunty kind yeah. of yeah like, I'm picturing, like, really sort of janky, like, piano, like, sort of cabaret, like, da-da-da-da, like... But almost kind of like a... Not a... Sort of almost like a, a, a shanty, but not quite... Yeah. Not quite a shanty. I don't know what the sort of genre you'd call that. It, would have been, it wouldn't be polka. Um, I have no idea. I want a polka. Um, but, like, and, and it does. Like, it's not just... And he has done this version. He did it. He did a version of just the, the acoustic guitar mm. for Last FM. Yeah. And even that's good. Yeah. Um, and that, again, it, it sort of really gives me that feeling of we're just having a conversation and you're just singing everything that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in this, it's like there's so many elements that I don't know if necessarily we've talked about, like the xylophone. Yeah, yeah. In this. And... Oh shit, I don't know if it was the Glockenspiel. I'm I think it was in the original how it has like the sort of like not synths, but like the keyboards come in at a certain point and it's like gives it this really sort of not spooky, but just sort of this yeah, electric feel to it, I guess. Well there's like strings in the acoustic one, isn't there, sort of? Yeah, kind of like but again, very sort of vaudeville almost like the re I think vaudeville is the words that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just like, of course they would do that because it would be so easy to just do him with a, with a, with a guitar, which he has. And he does because when you get asked to play like fucking radio XO nine, two point five in the morning, I don't know what the fuck, but like Slam Panther and the Emma, but like it makes sense that it translates to that, of course, but I like that they, made it just as multifaceted as the original. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's it, there's definitely a lot of thought put into it. And I I wouldn't be surprised if this was done for something other than Punk Goes Acoustic 2. Mm. Um, yeah, if, like, if it had turned out that it's, you know, a B-side on, like, their next album or something or was put into an EP or something like that. Yeah, I'd be not shocked at all Yeah, with that one. I... I'd, it's almost like this deserves better than being on Punk Goes Acoustic 2. But, like, I like that they are on it because... Oh, yeah, because we're talking about it. Well, yeah. And also, yeah, I think to have a Punk Goes universe without them featuring at least once would be sorely lacking because mm. even though they weren't, like, huge, like over here, for example... Their fan base is very dedicated. Yeah. Like, they are very much a symbol of that level of fandom that would want to buy a comp of covers because Say Anything did a 
an acoustic cover of Woe on it. Yeah. Like, one thing I wanted to mention at some point, so I'll just mention it now, is going to see them live with Cassie, one of the things that struck me the most was, like, the male audience members are genuinely so affectionate towards Max, if that makes sense. Like, I'm so used to going to shows where it's girls losing their shit because oh, wow, X person just walked on the stage. I love them so much. Like Girls are going to girl. And they, as they should, but, like, by contrast, like, Max comes on stage and you've got these otherwise quite bro-y dudes just, like, screaming, like, Max! Like, it's... And it was just so lovely because you never really see that level of, like, unbridled, like affection for someone yeah like sure you get applause and like you get yelling and like but it just it feels slightly elevated from that like if you love max bemis you love max bemis like you want the best for max bemis and he's been very good at sort of fostering a like not deep because you can only get as deep as like you want to allow yourself to maintain a relationship with your fans and also maintain your sanity but like he's always been very good at leveling with his fans connecting with them yeah like even like in his i guess you'd say like quote downtime like he and his wife sherry dupree who she is from the band isley and they were like huge in like the indie scene at about the same time which was pretty cute um they did slash still do i think to some degree like they literally had like a song shop so you could like buy a song, and Max would just, like, fucking pull a song together and record it and send it to Okay, him. yeah. Like, he's very good at personalising his art to his fan base. Yeah. Which, for someone who, like, I'm just speaking from, like, very limited experience, but, like, someone who struggles with their mental health that much, like, that's a huge undertaking. Like, even for someone who's perfectly okay and like neurotypical and whatever like he puts a lot into his art and it shows yeah yeah just to just to bring it back around to the song um i want to mention how kind of funny it is that he he does like a couple of like burt mccracken-esque screams in the acoustic version but not in the (laughs) <laughs> Not in, like, the full band version <laughs> as well. I think that's one thing I, like, again, like, similar to the way that Say Anything songs sort of pivot from, like, one genre to another or, like, just have sort of, like, motifs and, like, movements in within themselves. Like, I like that his vocals, he can very quickly, like, turn from just a kind of subdued, like, almost sing-songy, talky mm. to, like, a snarl to like yell like yeah he's just yeah it's very sort of immediate the way that he conveys his emotions which sounds kind of stupid when i say it out loud but like yeah he just he has a very unique way of emoting like and i reckon again like that's part of why like going to see them live like it's a fucking cool experience because like they're not just phoning it in. Yeah. Like, he puts his all into it. And, oh. like, the two times that I've seen them, like, the energy was just insane. Like, yeah. so much fun. Cool. I miss live music. I know. 
Is it now that uh, now that lockdown has ended? Although when I was leaving the barber today, and he was like. I'll see you after the next lockdown. I was like, oh, don't say that. I know. My <laughs> sister today was saying, like, yeah, we're just waiting for the next wave. I was like, don't. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so hell yeah or yeah nah? Hell yeah. I am very much on the say anything train and I'd like to do my homework properly before we talk about them next time. So hell yeah from me. Hell mm-hmm. yeah to the songs. Hell yeah to good guy Max mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Seems like a, an interesting dude. And if you, li- again, if you're listening, hit us up. Come on the podcast. Love yeah. to have you. Exactly. Yeah. This has been Woe. Mm-hmm.